Hey guys, what's up? It's Kyle. Thanks for checking out the show. Um, I want to just hop on here real quick and say a few things. Um, there's so much coming out, right, every day. Issues with the PPP. Uh, is it going to be enough? How many restaurants are going to close? Look, it's real easy to focus on the negative right now. It's real easy to take yourself down to a dark place where you're going to say, my restaurant's never going to be open. I'm going to owe the landlord all this money. Um, I do still owe the vendors. I owe payroll. I owe sales tax. Look, I get it. I completely get it. Um, but I think it's time to really start thinking about what this could look like on the other end. Uh, whether you're a traditional sit-down restaurant or if you're a QSR or if you're you know, a taco joint like mine, start to figure out what your business is going to look like, right? Don't take this defeatist fucking attitude of like, it's over. I'm never going to be able to get out of this. The PPP money's not going to come. There are a million ways you can adapt to this situation. And my plan over the next couple of weeks is to continue to have guests on that are going to share exactly what they do to survive, right? This is not about how things were. Um, this is a situation that nobody predicted. And everybody's situation is different from national chain restaurants to local mom and pop restaurants. So start to change your attitude. I don't know what you need to do. I mean, you know, I know it sounds harsh, but you don't have a choice, right? You know, your, your livelihood and your family depend on this kind of stuff. And um, while no one's been through this before, but you've been through some adversity and um, you came out all right, right? So take a look at your business. If you have any questions, you just want to talk or you just want to, you know, bitch about something, you can always text me 631-965-1300. And I'd be happy to share my experience. If you need help uh, reviewing your lease, if you need help talking to your landlord, I would gladly uh, assist in any capacity um, that you think is right. Complimentary. Okay, this is not a pitch for services. This is a pitch to uh, offer myself and what I know and the team that I work on uh, our services to help you in this really difficult time. So um, enjoy the show. Uh, again, text me, reach out to me on social um, 631-965-1300 if you think I could help anyway. Thanks, guys, and stay safe. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Kyle and Sarah, and I'm what most people describe as a restaurant guy. I grew up my entire life working in restaurants. And since that point, when I first started washing beer steins at a craft brewery on Long Island in 1994, my hospitality career has brought me all over the world in almost every position you can imagine in a restaurant, up to and including a restaurant owner operator for 10 years. So what does that mean? I'm not looking to impress you with my total skill set. All I'm looking to do is take all those experiences, bundle them together, and through multiple platforms, including this podcast, the National Restaurant Owners Podcast, is share those experiences with you in an, in an effort to help reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. It is a massive undertaking. Restaurants fail at an alarming rate, and on this podcast, I will bring you my experience and the experience of other industry professionals, uh, whether they're owner operators, bookkeepers, accountants, lawyers, vendors, restaurant designers, whatever they do, if they have a connection to the restaurant, 
I want to talk to them because I want to share their knowledge, their experience with you. So this is it, the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. Thanks for checking it out. All right, Amy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself before we really get into it here? Okay. I'm Amy Mills, co-owner of 17th Street Barbecue. We are in rural Southern Illinois with two locations and an event facility, um, building a barbecue sauce factory. We have mail order. Um, We really, our operation runs the gamut. And of course, we have come to an almost screeching halt in the past month. Oh, talk to me about that. I'm looking at your restaurant. I mean, it looks empty. It could just not be open for lunch. Where are you guys at right now? Well, this is actually, I'm in the warehouse. So this is one okay. of our event rooms okay. where we have just canceled a dozen weddings. In the, oh, I'm um, sorry. So sad. I mean, weddings, showers, meetings, all of those things. But right, so we are in rural Southern Illinois. We are about seven hours south of Chicago, two hours southeast of St. Louis, three hours north of Nashville or Memphis. So people don't realize Illinois is even that long of a state. We are just an hour from Paducah, Kentucky, and actually farther south if you look at the map than Louisville or Richmond, Virginia. So we are tucked down in the tip um, in God's country in beautiful (laughs) southern Illinois. So you guys are doing, what kind of business are you doing right now? So right now there are five of us left, and we are shipping sauce to our retail sauce accounts. We are doing mail order, which has quintupled, although, you know, the, yeah. it's n- nothing compared to a day of restaurant sales. And then we are doing, I've created something called 17th Street and Friends, where we're partnering with some local businesses uh, and offering a family fun pack every Saturday that people can order, order by Thursday, pick up Saturday. So you can get a growler of beer from one of our great local breweries, Scratch or Big Muddy. You can get some items from our orchards, like apple butter and applesauce. Um, There's a farm that raises red wattle hogs, and you can get um, bacon and eggs, and we offer various meats from them. And then we have this amazing pie shop called Rule of Pie that had to completely close, and so you can still get one pie a week that comes in with our bundle. So it's been really heartwarming to see people locally jump on that and be so excited about supporting everyone. So that's an, that's an item that I can order once a week and pick it up Saturday and it'll feed the family exactly. for, and that's exactly. great. So yeah. now that's opposed to, so you're not doing anything on the day to day in terms of feeding stuff. No. Okay. And we are actually ramping up um, starting next week for five um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We are going to be feeding uh, healthcare workers and first responders at some various hospitals in the region. You know, I, I, I say this, um, I've said this before in that what's remarkable about what's happening here with restaurants is they're the ones, arguably one of the most impacted industries, yet they're coming together to feed other people in a time when they need the most. I'm seeing it locally. I'm seeing it nationally. Talk to me about how you guys got together. Was that an easy process to, to kind of get this crew together to, to feed? Uh, well, um, a local minister has put this together. It's called Operation Barbecued Hope. 
and there are five different barbecue places from around the region. And so our first one is going to be next Tuesday night. So we haven't really done one of these yet. Um, I can't wait to see the logistics of right. that. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity to do that. And it will be in five towns around our area, including our own town. Oh, that sounds like a massive undertaking. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. But the sense of community amongst, I mean, that's what I was just talking to somebody about. It's, it's just innate in who we are. It's like, how can we help? You know, how can we right. continue to do? And I think some of it is like, it's therapy, right? Like it helps me to cook. I will feel better if I'm cutting onions for the sauce, if I'm having a rough day, that kind of stuff makes me feel better. And then to provide it to somebody, it's just innate who we are. I think that's part of it. Right. Well, if you are in the hospitality industry, I mean, you know, people are two camps. You're a giver or you're a taker. And in order to be in hospitality, you definitely have to be a giver or you won't last very long. You will not enjoy yourself. But the first thought is always outward. Like how, what can I do and how can I help? And really our first thought is how can we help our own people? Because we had to lay a hundred people off. And that was probably the most devastating day of my life to break that news and we actually did it about three days before lots of people started doing that so it felt very awful and alone to make that decision yeah and then other people you know started falling in line behind that but it's these are people who are very vulnerable some of them there are people who can't navigate the system to get unemployment Mm -hmm. it it has been really awful i mean there's no other there's no sugarcoating nothing has been good or easy about this. It's been really frustrating. And you guys have a long history, right? So, I mean, have some of these people been with you for a long period of time? That that doesn't help either. Exactly. There's one person since 2009, he's been with us and he cannot, for whatever reason, I mean, there's a variety of reasons that we are trying to untangle, but he cannot get unemployment. Yeah. It's, it's rough. I mean, the system is a little convoluted. Um, and it's, it's, I hear sometimes people say, well, this isn't going to last forever. You know, don't these guys have some savings? And I think they don't understand that no. this is, it's a very, it, it is a paycheck by paycheck situation. They're trying to support a family and a good percentage of what they're doing is out of passion and love. And, you know, they're willing to sacrifice some of that financial upside. So when something like this happens, it is devastating. Well, I think a lot of people are about to get a lesson in restaurant economics. And in the world, like we've known, it's, it's the scary, precarious balance. So we have been successful, but we're successful week to week. You know, you depend on what's coming in this week to pay what went out last week. It's, you right. know, it's, it's a cyclical thing. The margins are so razor thin yep. and people don't understand that. And they want to complain about the cost of everything. And I think when we do reopen, we will have a much smaller menu. We will have higher prices. Uh, the world will look very different and we will have to see if people will respond to that or how they respond to that. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Now, were you guys doing much takeout or this kind of like bulk sale like you're referencing for huge, Saturdays before huge, that? Huge amounts, yes. 35% of our business went through the drive through And we actually tried to, in both locations. So we have a location in Murfreesboro, which is the mothership. Mm -hmm. It's been here for a hundred years. For a hundred years, there has, it was a bar initially, but there was always a barbecue sandwich and a hamburger served there. We are the fourth owners of this restaurant. We renamed it when we bought it in 1985. So 35% through the drive-through. Half of our business comes from out of town, out of state, out of country. So when you stop 
tourism, yeah. half your business went away. Our other restaurant is 22 miles away in Marion, Illinois, a little bit of a larger town right off the interstate. They built a ramp to our door practically. It's, it's thriving. That's but again, um, and again, 35% through the drive-through. But the three days we tried to be open doing drive-through only, we could not even afford to keep pay the four people working in each location. I mean, we had, you know, a $200 lunch in each place. You cannot run a business no, 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 like no. that. No, not at all. So it was much to our advantage to just stop and not go in the hole. You know, our utility bills are $10,000 a month yeah. for all three of our properties. That's a yeah. lot of barbecue sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The electricity. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, so I guess what you're saying is that because people are sheltering in place or, or being quarantined, whatever they're doing down there, uh, I'm not even sure what the right term is, but I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> they're not, um, they're not traveling on the roads and that was big right. business. Wow. Yeah. See, I mean, it's odd to see all, not odd, but it's un unique to see all these different things that are affecting businesses like um, nurses and doctors that are working that used to go out for lunch would impact. And now they're trying to reach out to hospitals here to get, get into the into the hospitals themselves um so other than you know the drive-through situation what has been like something that has really impacted the way you do business and have caused you to pivot to something else other than obvious big COVID situation but right. something operationally that you've had to change well you know the other aspect we are have a very thriving catering and event business so all of a sudden every wedding every sales meeting every shower every reunion every single thing booked for three months gone yeah um so that's huge yeah. um and again really the only way that we have been able to pivot is to ramp up our email list and our offering so we're creating some different things that we've never shipped before this week we had briskets and biscuits and bourbon wow. butter and um that was very successful, right? Um, of course, I had to choose something that was very labor intensive. Everyone's yeah. about to kill me in the kitchen because it takes a lot. They're very special biscuits. I bet. Um, so, we're, you know, we did an Easter feast. We have a great thing planned for Mother's Day. So we're trying to still be creative. Um, offer our, we are offering our core meats that you can pick up on Saturdays as well as those bundles. Um, and really, we're giving ourselves... Thursday, Friday to cook all this food and get it out to you on Saturday. We don't have the manpower to do all the things yeah. that we normally do. Right. And I think that's another interesting point, as I've said this before, and, and it sounds odd to say, but this could not have happened to a better group of people because I think restaurant operators are, and it sounds bad. I know that that sounds odd, but so used to dealing with curveballs and so used Absolutely. to dealing with things that you took two days to kind of like take the punch and stagger back and then say, okay, now what do I have to do? Right. You know, it's not dissimilar on a, on a micro scale to like when your dishwasher doesn't show up on a Saturday night or the grease tra trap backs up, you know, you have to adapt and move. And I think that there are very few industries and it's being exposed right now that would be able to take a punch like this. And whether you lost some business, or whatever, you have people there, you're putting food out and you're serving the public and the community, which I think is fantastic. Right. You know, one of my favorite um, Warren Buffett quotations is, it's only when the tide goes out that you see who's been swimming naked. Wow. And we are seeing that right now in spades. Like, it's just, it's everywhere. 
um, one of the, you know, the first two weeks when we were really just sort of reeling and we thought, okay, this is great. We can work on our business, not in it. We're going to make all these plans and do all of these things. We have never worked harder and we are making no plan. We talk about it, but you know, everything is now just, it's starting to even out. So we yeah. will be able to think about reopening and what we'll do, but really you know, a lot of beneficial things have happened. So I have, I do have to talk about some bright spots. Yeah, right, of course. Um, I had to figure out how to pack and ship all that stuff because we laid off the person who did that. So I had to learn our email or our um, shopping program. And I, when once I got in there, I was like, oh, look, I can see that this person has ordered five times. I can write him a special note. Oh, look, right. this is a new person. You know, it was, I learned so many things about the people who order from us and, I was really able to personalize that experience, which in turn has paid off because people said, wow, you sent me this, this nice note. Can you send packages to these five family members of mine? So, you know, bright spots abound for sure. I mean, um, you, you, I mean, getting in there and getting your hands dirty on some things that you, you normally would not have the time to do and seeing those opportunities, I think that's the key here is finding like, well, what else can we do? Like exactly. what are we not digging deeper? And I think those customer reach outs are going to pay off in spades down the line that immeasurable exactly. ways that they're going to remember that you were there during this time. So that's, that's I hope so. Point. You know, it's funny. I wanted to increase our mail order business. This is not how I wanted to do it, but we have, achieved, we have achieved a goal that we had. So, Hey, right. so what are they, what are they saying there in terms of timeline expectations? Like, have you prepared for like, how long do you anticipate operating this way? And, have you even thought about that yet? I, I've thought a lot about it. So right now, yesterday in Illinois, we've just had the stay-at-home order extended until the 30th of May. Okay. It's another month. Yeah. We, um, there is a group of legislators who are trying to get them to do some opening. I personally don't want to open right now. I'm if we have someone on our staff who gets sick and we cause someone else to be sick right. or someone comes in and infects us, that seems like a nightmare to me right. to deal with. And yeah. so I am interested in keeping everybody very safe. Another bright spot is, you know, we will be able to make some significant changes to our business, things we've wanted to do for a long time, but there's too much pushback because we've operated a certain way since right. 1985. So there have been so many learning opportunities. The James Beard Foundation puts on amazing uh, webinars for yeah. businesses. There are people who are in the restaurant consulting business who have given out um, spreadsheets. Here's your reopening plan. Um, here's what you need to do. You know, all those things that I'm sitting and making a list for, they've now just given me a list of some yeah. things I hadn't thought about before. So now that things are evening out a little bit, we will spend a significant portion of each day really making that plan and figuring out, you know, we have to do a 12 week budget and what does that look like and what kind of sales do we have to do and how many people can we hire back yeah. to execute that? Um, yeah. It's a lot to think about. I mean, I, I did a post the other day on Instagram about uh, I have a little taqueria. Uh, I've, I've been in the restaurant business for a while and I, then I got out and, and now I'm back in cause it's just what I do. Right. And, um, I did the math and we had closed for two weeks because we live right here in the epicenter. I live literally a quarter mile from the first case on in New York. Wow. And we stayed open. We were doing about 30% takeout as it was, but then it just started to get too close. Like it just felt like, you know, so 
we closed down and um, I did the math in terms of paying rent, paying back payroll, getting, you know, throw the loss of the food that we lost while we were there. That was in the walk-ins and the little boys and stuff. Um, it cost us almost $11,000 to reopen after two weeks. Not a lot of money to some people, but to a little 900 square foot taqueria, that was a tremendous everything. Number. Yeah. It's everything. It's yeah. everything. And, you know, we can talk about this in, in a bit, but we didn't get, we have not gotten any PPP money. We have not gotten any grants. We have not gotten any loans. So we've been kind of like scraping by. I can't imagine people who are not as fortunate as, fortunate as we are to be doing some type of business, what they're looking at financially to open. And it's, it's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have two thoughts about that. So first I have to say, one of the the things that's happening here is that we have been building a barbecue sauce factory and it's had fits and starts and issues with the contractor. Uh, a new firm had just started a month before this all hit and that's considered essential. So now this factory is ahead of schedule, which is super exciting. Great. It's in an old um, car, the first car dealership in town. It's a completely renovated and restored building. The front that would have been this car showroom is going to be coffee and Uh, breakfast, lunch, biscuit-based, and then the back is this factory. So that is all happening and and going well. And I have, we have a very strong banking relationship that made that possible. We actually have probably eight local banks with whom we do business, like different things flow in and out of different accounts, lots of relationship building. And if there's anything I learned from Mike Mills, my dad, it's everything is local and everything is about relationships. And I've learned that from like the youngest age, I had to go to the store and say, hi, I'm Amy Mills from 17th Street. Um, I need X, Y, Z. It was always tell them who you are. Yeah. And, you know, two of our bankers in particular have been so helpful. Um, One has extended my loan on the back end, so I didn't have to pay on the front end. Uh, the people who loaned us the money for our sauce factory for Southern, that banker has called me weekly. What do you need? How can I help you? That's fantastic. Oh, you need to meet payroll, your last payroll here. I mean, that just, we are so fortunate. He also, you know, walked me through and the PPP, which we did get. However, Ooh. as you know, it doesn't work for us. Right. So we are paying our, we've paid our mortgage on our utilities. We really only have a mortgage on one building. Okay. So we pay, but it's significant. It's huge. Yeah. So we've paid that. We've paid our utilities, but we can't afford to spend 75% of that on people. I've already asked one person to come back and help and he's getting more money at home. Right. Go figure. Right. I can't take that away from him. No. And nor can I afford to pay in cash. So right. we are really going to be navigating some tricky things. This this PPP was not written for us. No. It, it, and, you know, you can keep it and pay it off. But in two years, what do you know what your revenue, how do you know what your revenue will be in two years to even take a chance on that? Yeah. So I'm just sort of holding that. Um, and I am paying those specific bills I know may or may not be forgiven in the right, end right. and trying to keep afloat. But I think in the, in the end, I think it's, it's, you know, it has to be revised. Right. I mean, for people Absolutely. Know what talking about is that she's so, so from the moment you took the money, the clock starts on the exact. And then I tried to say, I don't really want the money right now. And they're like, sorry, but if you don't take it now, then you probably aren't going to get it because it's all gone. Right. So I had to take the money. 
Right. And I can only hope that it will be rewritten and I'm grandfathered in in some way. Right. So like for people who don't understand, you have a shelter in place until the end of May. Mm-hmm. So essentially you're going to be operating the way that you have just described. Right. But in four weeks after that, you're expected to be up and running with a full paying a full staff with no expectation or with half your seats. Yeah. Half your seat at <laughs> right? best. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, something has to change here. Right. I mean, right. This can't, I mean that, that can't be. And half your people definitely, you know, your travelers aren't coming. Right. Right. So even if you have half the seats, doesn't mean they're all going to be full. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, the day we closed, I was like, we have a chalkboard and we ask people, oh, hey, first time here, where are you from? And we write it on the board. That's how we know, like every single day, mm-hmm. we have at least four states or countries in our restaurant. And we had someone from Hungary doing a barbecue tour the day before we closed. Is that crazy? Oh my gosh. The country, Hungary. Yes. <laughs> crazy. Well, I mean... I mean, we'll take them all now, right? I mean, that's, absolutely. That's, I think, you know, like you said before, I like the way you said is that the whole country's about to get a lesson in, in restaurant math and what it really looks like. Because I do quite a bit on social media just in terms of pro- trying to provide value for restaurants and what I learn and what I hear in podcasts like this. And a lot of, some of the brushback I've gotten, some of the negative comments have been like, well, you're just opening up because you need money. I'm like, right. That's right. <laughs> I'm that's a business. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bad thing. I mean, yeah. Why do you go to work? I mean, so, it's that balance of your passion that we spoke about and, and the hospitality and having to, to uh, employ people. And it's just so many little hurdles now that as an operator, you're forced to try to jump over and at the same time, basically try to operate a new concept. Right. <laughs> it's going to be. And in Illinois, we are going to a $15 minimum wage. So yeah. we started out in December. Our minimum wage was eight twenty-five, And in five years, we're going to be at 15 so we had a dollar in January, another dollar in July. We'll have another dollar in January. Wow. Wow. So I have to factor all that in right now. When we reopen those, and I don't begrudge, I would love to pay that, but right. I have to generate the revenue to pay. Yeah. It. So, so that, food that, is going to be very expensive. Yeah. Food is, prices are going to go up mm-hmm. and, you know, we're already dealing with that here in New York. You know, it's the $15 minimum wage thing. So it's, there's already been in, like, that's the reason why we opened up the 900 square foot taqueria because we don't have servers. We don't have a bartender. We don't have a hostess. We have order at the counter, grab your number, mm-hmm. sit down, take your food or take it to go. And I think, you know, we were fortunate that way, but do you anticipate changing the way you've done business? That's a, that's an interesting question. So I have thought about doing that at lunch, counter mm-hmm. service at lunch and then the coffee breakfast place we're opening. It's definitely going to be, I mean, it was built, to be that anyway that was going to be the model but maybe at lunch it's it's um counter service or fast casual and dinner is more service oriented i mean may i we'll have to experiment and people will scream bloody murder the older you are the more established you are the change is just they're still asking about this creamed corn we took off the menu 10 years ago and i'm like well you didn't buy it when we had it 10 years ago so i don't know why you want it now yeah you can't change the table salt when you're that established without somebody noticing exactly exactly so but right now we will it's change or die so there's no choice and you know i think that we have a legion of fans and a fan base and local support that is incredible. And we will just have to hold to that. And I don't know if you're a Seth Godin fan, but mm-hmm. I'm a huge Seth Godin fan. And, you know, not all these people are your people. Right. So if you don't like this, then there will be another place 
that you can go that you will feel more comfortable and you will like that style of, of service, that style of food, that style of barbecue sauce, yeah. whatever. Like we are not trying to be all things to all people. We are trying to find our loyal 1000 customers and cater to them and treat them special and, you know, be the community gathering place for that group of people. That's a great point. The, the trying to be everything to everybody means you please nobody. Exactly. You no, know, and I, I, one of the, you know, you see all these kitschy restaurant signs for places, you know, about like being patient or like, you know, if your kid's out of line, we're going to give them an espresso and a puppy, like all these funny little <laughs> yeah. signs. But the restaurant, the best restaurant sign I've ever saw said, remember, you walked in here. So like, it just right. kind of like puts everything on the bra, like, this is how we do it. We're going to come at you with, this is what we do. And we put it here and hope, we really genuinely hope that you love it and come back a thousand times. But if not, we got to cater to people who do. And I think that's right. And luckily you have other choices. Yeah. A lot of other choices. Yeah. Um, So now that you've gotten the PPP and you guys made, made some adjustments, um, what do you think the future looks like in terms of uh, just the brand? I mean, it's such an iconic brand. Um, Do you think this is going to be a blip on the radar historically? Is it going to be a turning point? Is it going to be a major pivot? Where, where do you see this showing up historically? (sighs) If only I had a crystal ball. I I do think it's a it's bigger than a blip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think about like after nine eleven, it was tough. Yeah. In the two thousand eight ish nine, it was tough. But we were still busy. People were ordering barbecue sandwiches, not racks of ribs. Right. If that makes sense. So people barbecue is just such this inherent comfort food. Um, yes. It's a hug, and it is. Um, you know, people want this food. They're coming not only for the food, but they're coming for the community. They want to feel like they're like sitting in your church and worshiping with you and that they belong. And that's why all those travelers come and they feel so good after they've sat at the table or they've bellied up to that hundred year old bar. And, you know, they've just seen the love and warmth and care that's gone into the wood and how it's worn down. And so many people have sat there before them. It's like a religious experience. Yeah, a barbecue right. restaurant is. I think it will be that. It will just be different. You know, we became, we have a large menu. Our menu will get much smaller. And part of that is because we have locals who eat with us numerous times a week. And, you know, we know that guy loves his fish sandwich. Probably mm-hmm. not going to have that fish sandwich. Like we're right. a barbecue restaurant. So we ha- we're going to have to strip it back down. Right. And maybe some of those things we have to take off, we can bring back as a feature once a week or once a month. Yeah. I'm not sure how that looks. Um, so it, it's definitely bigger than a blip, but mm-hmm. our world will, ha- will go fast again. I mean, right. it's, it's really been nice to slow down, except for the money. There have been yeah. so many good things about this. We right. just don't have any money. <laughs> um, and our business is ruined, but other than that, it's been really great. That's a, that's a good, that's a good point on perspective though. You know, like it is. I mean, restaurant the, people, we're so used to not having any time and it's like, exactly. what am I going to do Saturday afternoon now? Like, the, what well, else? except that I feel like I've not done a puzzle. I have not read a book. I have not watched the tiger King. The five of us who are here are working harder than yeah. ever. I know. I said um, to my wife the other day between, uh, so my, my, my daytime job, the podcasting and the restaurant, I'm like, I'm probably getting the least sleep that I've ever gotten. And people exactly. are sleeping, oh, what's going on? But it still feels different, doesn't it? For sure. It feels, it feels different. I, it's hard to describe. And, you know, my dad is home. Like, he hasn't seen the sunshine since March 2nd. I've had him sequestered because if, 
if he were to get this, that would be it. And I will just not let that happen. And so yeah. I'm very careful about who I let even come in this building, delivery sure. people. We have a regimen in here like you cannot believe because if, if I were to take that home to him, that would be devastating yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I try to explain what's happening and it's hard for him to fathom. Like, what do you mean? Like, he'll say, right. what's happening in town today? And I'll say, nothing. <laughs> Nobody's yeah, yeah, open yeah. today. Yeah. So your, your dad, yeah, my, my mother-in-law, same thing. She lives in the same town as us and she would come over here every day and she's, you know, it's just not an option right now. And, um, we take all kinds of precautions, you know, we're dropping off food at her house with, uh, gloves and masks on and things of that right. nature. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's gotta be hard for him to wrap his head around any kind of changes that you're doing there. Right. I mean, this is something that it's he- really hard. Yesterday I took him, um, out for a drive and we went into the factory before the workers got there so I could say look here's something happening that's so nice I would right. wouldn't even bring him in the warehouse or in the restaurant because right. I, I just am not going to do that yeah, <laughs> no right. I'm just not doing that do you think there'll be I was just watching something so I, I work uh we handle like re- emerging restaurant brand growth uh from a real estate perspective and um they're looking at China as like this template of what is going to happen here in anticipation for restaurants, what's going to happen here. And some of the things they're doing there are like thermometer checks at the door. They have this like basically Lysol that's human safe that they spray you down with. I mean, do you think it's going to come to that? I mean, it seems so crazy to me. It seems super crazy. I, I, we may have to take employee temperatures. I mean, you certainly can't do it for guests, but, or can you, I mean, I guess they are there. Yeah, they have a literal like laser, you know, like the meat yeah. or laser thing there. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't, I don't know. It's so hard to say. And in here, you know, we, it's rural. So the cases we have, a lot of them are at a nursing home, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that means because they were on lockdown, it's the workers who are bringing it in and out. Yeah. And right. then those people are going back out into the community. Yeah. It's- um, it, but right now it's sort of contained to that. And I think that's why there's a little bit of a false sense of security in Southern Illinois. And these mm-hmm. legislators are trying to advocate for opening. I just don't think it's smart because I, I think it's here, but there's not testing and there's, yeah. um, and to me, until we can test, um, I, I just don't feel like it's a good idea to yeah. be open. I, I don't disagree. Very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And I think a lot of your guests probably feel the same way. So it's, you know, I, I hear on one hand, some people say, oh, I'm just over this. You know, we've been dealing with this here since the beginning of March. So it's like, okay, I'm just over with dealing with it. Okay, you can be over with dealing with it, but it's still out there. It's this invisible thing that we can't figure out. I think a lot of people are going to think that way. And I think that like, to your point before, cozying up to a bar or gathering, hey, just, you know, squeeze it. We can all fit at this table. That's not going to happen. And I think even if tomorrow somebody said, you know what, it's gone. You can open up the restaurants tomorrow. It's good to go. People are going to still have that innate, like, you just told me to stay in here for this long because of an invisible virus. Now all of a sudden I can go back out. Right. Yeah. It's no, it, is, it feels very unsettling. And it's funny how quickly, if you're a believer in all this, how quickly you acclimated to stay six feet away from me. If someone starts coming too close, I'm backing up and yeah. nervous. And, um, and it's, hard, it's hard here because it's also allergy season. Oh so yeah. People are like sneezing, coughing. So you can't go anywhere without somebody, you know, giving you the side eye if you have a <laughs> sniffle. So um, it's definitely a new world. Some I, I equate it to here. It's like the longest 
snowstorm, invisible snowstorm we've ever had. Yeah. This is slow. Kids are sick. They're home because the schools are closed, but it's just, it's so odd. And I, I really give you credit for um, taking, I mean, such a iconic business and having to pivot like this cannot be easy. So that's a real credit to you. Well, I appreciate you saying that, you know, the proof will be not known for a while. You know, I, we feel that we're doing the right things and, um, but we won't really know until, until we know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. we know. We won't know until we know, but yeah. I, what I do know is, you know, my dad's heart and soul is in this place and now mine is in this place. And the people who work here, we have people who worked here for over 20 years. Um, we have, of those hundred people, I was looking at some numbers, 10 have worked here for 15 or more years wow. and like 20 for 10 or more years. That's enormous in the yeah. restaurant world. And, you know, two of them helped open our Marion restaurant and they still work there. That's, that's just really 15 cool. years later. That's sort of unheard of. So we are too small to fail. You know, I love that independent restaurant. Yep. Yep. Um, hashtag we are the, the industry and if you do not have restaurants like us um like the culture of america and the fabric of america that just goes away we cannot become a generic chain restaurant society that would just be awful i can't right. even imagine it no and i think you know to, to the room that you're standing in i can imagine the events that you have in that space where this country is always going to need uh, christenings, birthdays, weddings, Absolutely. Reunions, retirement parties, and restaurants are where that happens. So um, I look forward to us getting back to that point, and, and I don't doubt that we will. I don't think that's going to be easy, but uh, I think you know, with, with folks like yourself uh, taking on this head on and, and really leading the charges um, is what we need, and I think that's what's going to get us out of this. Ultimately, everybody coming together and, and really pushing through, and um, hopefully, it's over uh, as quick as it came. I know. Well, and if it isn't, hope, I hope that we can just hang in, that there are enough. Um, the, th the other thing is like we are, I hate that phrase, we're all in it together. Nobody is not affected by this. Like right. no one is benefiting. No one is. Um, it, so you just can't let this an, an entire trillion dollar industry with 11 million people that just can't go away. Right. The government cannot support all those people forever. So it's right. in everyone's best interest to help this group figure out a way to get back. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's very well said. I think that um, on some level, how we go will be a major indication of how, you know, I think once we start to rise back up, I think you're going to start to feel, you know, people want to go out. They want to see you. They want to get there. They, they want to sit at your bar. They want to have that sandwich. There's going to be a huge rush for comfort foods. In New York, it's pizza. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to want to rush out and like, well, I want to have this pizza pasta, this place, because it's just going to make me feel better. And I think that's going to be a huge driving force. Whatever, if we have to have plexiglass between us to get sprayed with Lysol, whatever it is, people are going to do it to get back to that experience. And I think that's ultimately going to be a big groundswell that's going to lift us out of this. I think so. You know, another uh, thing that's happening are events. So right now, I haven't been on a plane since early March, which is so crazy. The last event I went to was Charleston Wine and Food. And this all blew up right after that. I was supposed to be in New York at Pig Beach last week for this oh, wonderful wow. fundraiser yeah. for um, a chef who died there a year ago. I was supposed to be in Boston speaking at um, a Le Dom event this week. Memphis in May is 
usually mid-May, canceled. Uh, we have our own cook-off that's in its 33rd year in September. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, is that going to happen? How, what's it going to feel like in September? I can't even fathom that. But uh, Windy City Smokeout in Chicago has not been canceled, but the governor is saying no large gatherings. And that's 100,000 people. How's that? Gathering, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of large. Um, I just don't know what that looks like and you know what our um, entertainment field looks like and we're all a big part of that yeah too so well i really appreciate you taking the time i know how busy you are i know what the environment is like so um i wish you the best of luck stay safe um take care of your dad take care of your employee and um we'll be thinking about you here in new york i so appreciate the opportunity to chat with you and i hope our paths cross um, in person and around a fire pit soon yeah, close with a with a nice barbecue uh, in my hand. It will be my pleasure to serve you some barbecue very soon. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much, Amy. And then uh, be safe out there. Thank you so much, Kyle. I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the latest episode of the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I want to take a second here and just remind you that Like I said earlier, my goal is to help reduce the failure rate of restaurants in this country. So what I did is I went on my Instagram and I created a link to my calendar. And if you head there and you click the link in my bio and you scroll down, you'll see that there's a drop down menu there and it says 15 minute phone consultation. So if you're a restaurant owner operator and you just have a quick question, you don't know where to turn, whether it's about operations, whether it's about a startup, how to find money, or what to do with this particular server, whatever the case may be, I am there for you. It's a free 15-minute phone consultation, and I'm here to help. So if you need it, you know how to find me and continue to listen and support the podcast. I would love if you would uh, share, comment, review, whatever, all that fun stuff. Uh, And I just appreciate the love and support I've been getting for this. So we're going to keep cranking them out. And if you're interested in being on the show, please hit me up. Best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram, or you can always text me at 631-965-1300. Thanks so much again, guys.